Hey guys, welcome to Dating Mechanics by Girls Chase, where we get girls chasing you. I'm Varun Raja, and today I talked to Shari James, who is an erectile dysfunction specialist. You heard that right. Our first female guest on Girls Chase started out in 1992 attending stripping and nursing school, after which she became a naked therapist doing post-open heart and diabetic nursing, and also joined the erotic arts underground sorority tantric massage scene. She went on a journey into the densest regions of sexuality, and has since dedicated her life towards sexual healing and specifically finding solutions for men and women couples, and also tackling the huge issue of erectile dysfunction for men, specifically what causes it and what to do about it. Now we know for a fact that erectile dysfunction is an epidemic of the current era, and now we've complicated it even more as guys try things like Viagra and Cialis to get hard when they really shouldn't have to. I've heard of tons of guys now who complain about ED, often as some of the worst times to have such issues, like right before you're about to have sex with a new girl. In my own experience, having gone through this very often, it's one of the worst feelings in the world to not be able to perform for a girl who just got into your bed excited to have sex with you. Oftentimes, a girl will re-rationalize that a guy actually isn't that into them because he can't get hard. And I can't tell you how many countless times I've been rejected girl after girl after they were in my bed and I got ED and it just kept on happening. As we will soon see from Shari, ED is a lot more common among guys than you think. And the sources of ED are many, ranging from excessive porn usage to emotional and mental issues to circulatory and nervous system functions, and also depends how a guy controls and releases his sexual energy. Without further ado, Shari James. Shari James, welcome to Dating Mechanics by Girls Chase. Hi, I'm happy to be here and to be present with you. Hi, it's great to have you. I uh, was introduced to you by Daka Guy, who I also interviewed on uh, Dating Mechanics a couple of months ago. Highly recommended. And I understand that you specialize in treating erectile dysfunction for men. Yeah, absolutely. That is my mission, is to take the suffering out of ED for men. Yeah, I feel like it's a really growing problem these days. I know that um, a lot of young guys that I've talked to have experienced ED from porn and other things, and I've also met quite a few older guys who experience decreases in testosterone and other issues that they have, and they just can't get hard for women when they're intimate with them. Well, so statistically speaking, it is said that there's 50 million men in America alone that have erectile dysfunction. And now the new statistics for guys under 30 is that one in four have erectile dysfunction. And a note on testosterone, testosterone levels decreasing as a man age is rather normal, but losing your erection as your age doesn't have to be. Right, right. And the two don't, are not necessarily related. So there's a lot of confusion about testosterone and ED. That's a good distinction to point out. And actually, since you've been teaching guys about this for several years now, I think that this podcast will also be a really good chance to clear up all those miscommunications that a lot of guys have and assume as to why they can't get hard for girls sometimes. I've met quite a few guys, actually. One of my good friends who lives in San Diego, he uh, was seeing a girl beautiful woman for a couple of weeks and for whatever reason he really liked her and every time that they uh, tried to get intimate he just couldn't get an erection and it was the first time in his life that he ever experienced that with a woman and he's in his late 20s he might be 30 actually now at this point but it's just kind of shocking like how common this is and how it's actually just a preventable problem like 
guys shouldn't have to deal with this, right? I would actually say that for guys under 30 in particular, it's a growing epidemic and it's something that I take very seriously and I'm really working on something to help that particular age group. So you teach this now full time. Yes. I understand you run a coaching practice and your website, architectureofpleasure.com, teaches all about this. But how did you get into this work in the first place? For me, working with sexuality really came in stages of initiation that at the time I didn't know were initiations. And when I say that, I mean, this is a path that I couldn't get off. This is a calling. And so what it's done throughout the years is it's evolved to what we're going to be talking about today. And it really started in 1992. I was in school to be a registered nurse simultaneously I began stripping. And so when I said What a cool background. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> I love it. it's kind of like the, you know, from what I've been told, the ultimate male fantasy is the stripper nurse. Yeah, yeah. A nurse who's also a stripper. I mean the that like some <laughs> guys are wondering about it already, like, whoa. <laughs> What a cool background. It's a, it's a good combo. Um, like what inspired that? Was it, um, were you inspired to strip because you felt that like calling in your body in addition to nursing or was it for financial reasons or what inspired you? Uh, I don't even know if it was inspiration <laughs> as much as motivation. Uh, nursing school was really intense because I was in a two-year program and I had to work. There, I had a girlfriend who was doing like a cocktail waitress at a strip club in Canada. Uh -huh. And she got me in there as a, like a host. And so then I started hosting and then I started cocktail waitressing. And then I was the shooter girl. And so I got really comfortable with the environment, it, which took some time because, you know, even during the day, it's dark. <laughs> so it's, right, right. It, yeah. It's like you're walking to a nightclub, even if it's noon. Yeah. <laughs> and sunny outside. And, you know, once I got more comfortable, everyone's, you know, it was actually an incredibly supportive environment. And I said, hey, you know, if you ever want to try getting on stage, uh, you can. <laughs> and so I got up the, the courage to do it one night. And I found that it was incredible. Like, it was the most freedom of expression I had ever known, and it was a nude club. So it just, for me, it's, uh, it's really, it was just very freeing, I would say, which was beautiful. Did you enjoy the experience of, you know, men looking at you and just like fantasizing about you while you're on stage? I know a lot of guys think that, and guys in the, even in the audience would say something like, oh, you've got so much power. It was never about them. And it was always about me and mm -hmm. expressing myself and bringing men into my inner world. So bringing men into the mystery of the feminine and the expression of the feminine. So I wasn't the type of dancer who was vacant behind the eyes. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I was really there for the freedom of expression. And what that did is it pulled guys in versus me reaching out to grab any kind of power or attention from them. So I had a, I think I had a, a different approach than I saw with other girls. No, I can totally see that and I can visualize that too. I think a lot of guys, uh, at least in, in the public sphere, not, not so much like guys who are more educated and you know like aware, but a lot of guys think that just girls go into that world just to make money and they go into drugs and drinking and things like that. And there's a whole other side of it, which is women that actually do it for their own pleasure. 
And they do it because it's an expression of sexuality, an expression of your femininity, an expression of, you know, just receiving attention. A whole different point of view of the same thing, which I think is also really, really cool. Yeah, and I think also, you know, that's why I really, in the stripping world, I became, you know, known, maybe self-titled, as I really came to know myself as a naked therapist. And, you know, rather than go dance by dance, I, I kind of laugh and say I charge by the hour and sprinkle in a couple dances because I was a really good listener and I was really able to hold space for men. And that's really where all this began is really having the opportunity to, I mean, plus you're getting paid for it, which is nice too. It gave me, I mean, that's always a good plus. (laughs) It gave me the opportunity to really sit and listen and be present and focus and listen to men. And I know a lot of women, so this is, you know, I don't know if any women listen to this show, but what I realized, women complain that men don't open up and they don't talk. And What I've learned is that women don't give guys enough time to talk. So I learned that if I would really listen and I was quiet, and sometimes it's, you know, for a woman, it can be painful silence. Like, so we're about fullness and men are about emptiness. And so for us to not fill a moment with something, (laughs) it, it definitely took me training myself to give guys that space and that quietness so that they could form what they wanted to say emotionally without me jumping in and cutting them off. Right, right. I actually really like that distinction you just made too, where to be a woman, it's about feeling full and, and fullness. And but for a man, it's about emptiness and being very clear and, you know, kind of transcendental almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really like that. Consciousness versus form. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good, good, <laughs> uh, good observation. So obviously this, uh, you were doing stripping and naked therapy (laughs) while you were also nursing and studying in nursing school. What was the path that led you into wanting to actually, you know, address erectile dysfunction of all things? Well, because I had the, well, so simultaneously I was in nursing and when I started working as a nurse, I specialized in post-open heart and diabetic nursing. So I was very familiar with the nervous system, I mean, I'm sorry, the circulatory system and I could see that people's behaviors, you know, impacted their health and that landed them in the hospital. But as far as kind of tracing it through, I can touch on quickly each point. Stripping led me to the erotic arts. Right, right. And I was discovered by an underground sorority of women and they trained me in tantric massage. So that was... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Such a broad background. Right. And that was the next initiation, and that was the next evolution of working with men because now it's creating a much more intimate container. And I was able to really tune into the needs and, and what you know men had to say and what was troubling them and their, that, you know, how much responsibility they have and how they don't feel appreciated and they needed to do something for themselves and they need to relax. So that was the next piece. Wow. And so th- did you learn about you know, pleasure and and pain as a combination on this journey? Oh, (laughs) absolutely. I would say that was the theme of the journey because when you have a career where you're giving pleasure, it causes pain for the people around you. And if you allow it, it can cause pain for yourself. So that was the next big piece where I really had to excavate 
why does giving pleasure cause pain? And I went on a mission to go into the really the deepest, densest pockets of sexuality and just excavate and see what's there. And then from there, I went into the very lightest parts of sexuality and sexual celibacy. So it was a pretty big journey for sure. I mean, that's probably a really broad summary of, I'm sure, (laughs) a really, really complex journey that you probably had diving into all those things. But uh, it is interesting to note that, you know, just the concept of erectile dysfunction alone and talking about how pleasure can cause pain, both men and women, we all want to get laid and we all want to experience that pleasure. And then I think that for a man to experience erectile dysfunction is ironically one of the most painful things that he can experience in a moment that's supposed to be extremely pleasurable. You know, it's the essence of your drive almost as a human to want to procreate and want to have sex. And then for some reason or the other, you as a man, you can't do it. And it feels really strange. Yeah, there's a powerlessness. There's a shame. I mean, there's a whole array of emotions that go with that. And tracking back to, you know, the journey of this is then I had a Kundalini awakening Mm -hmm. and what happened if you imagine your your body or your brain as a computer through that awakening like the tantric sexual healer software got put into me and i was actually writing comedy at the time <laughs> and and i completely stopped that and just really surrendered to this life path and to this initiation and went deeper into sexual healing and you really know when you're on the right path because People literally showed up in my life. Like, I don't know why. I just need to talk to you. You're my healer. Were these like clients that you No. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. Just, just, they just showed up. I mean, I got a ra- like my first sexual healing session was just, it was a woman. And it was just a random phone call. I don't even know how she had my number. And, and that really started this cascade of, you know, sexual healing for men, women, and couples. And, you know, what I discovered is that men were having really, I I feel, the most problems with sexuality because it's it's an outward thing. (laughs) Like a woman, you know, a woman can kind of cover up her sexual problems, but a man, if, you know, you're not getting an erection, that's pretty darn obvious. And I didn't, (laughs) right? Like it's time to do something about that. And I didn't, like my sexual healing was, you know, beautiful and it was very intuitive, But this really took a completely different skill set. And the defining moment of when I decided to focus on healing ED specifically is with my sexual healing, I always would do a meditation with clients. And it's something that I made up to really ground them and put them in their body. Well, I was noticing that guys who were getting an erection during the meditation, and it wasn't sexy or anything like that. I mean, I could see them, you know, shifting around in their pants and and I'm like, huh, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) There must be a connection there. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I explored that and explored, you know, their levels of stress and they're like, oh my God, this is the first time I've relaxed in 10 years. And like you really drop them into their body very quickly. So that is the really the first inspiration of, huh, okay, I'm going to take on this challenge. Like I, ED up until me, has been a mystery. And the education that's out there, for me at this point, it's entertaining because it's so horrendous. 
Wow. And so, you know, my mission is to take the suffering out of this and to really educate guys. So really your, your whole life path, you know, from nursing to the stripping to like Tantra and, you know, learning about the energy flows within your body has really led you to this moment to like pursue this as like solving this issue for the men around you. Yeah, absolutely. I love men. <laughs> like I'm getting emotional <laughs> as I'm saying this. I mean, I've been working with men, I think it's like 26 years now. Wow, 26 years. Yeah, and it's funny cuz women will say, "God, don't you know, don't you hate guys by now?" And I'm like, "No. Like I love them even more." <laughs> so, <laughs> it's I I you know, I want to be of service and I just I don't like guys being duped or throwing their money away or being miseducated. I'm just I'm too empathic for that and I'm too compassionate for that. So, yeah. and the beautiful thing is when I help men, I'm also helping women. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. It's completely connected. Yeah. Actually, it's it's funny you say that too, because I think with the current sexual political climate in the country, and uh, we have a lot of guys on Girls Chase who are just starting out with, you know, learning how to be with women and things like that. And there's a lot of confusion as to whether women truly, you know, like men that the, you know, the way that you say that you do. And so I think it's just want to make a quick note that it's really refreshing to hear that, <laughs> that you've been, you know, with men for 26 years, and you still love them, and you can't get enough. So I <laughs> thought that was really cool. You know, there has to be one. And I'm that, and I, as far as I know, I'm that one, I'm an advocate and a, and a lover of men. And I know there's certainly more than one. And and so I definitely speak out on behalf of men. Of course. Well, anyway, taking on erectile dysfunction is a huge mission. And from what I understand, what you do is you upgrade the five branches of your sexual system to basically create an erection resurrection. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's the emotional and mental side, the circulatory side, the nervous system side of sexuality sexual energy and being state mm -hmm. is that correct yeah absolutely that's a whole lot of stuff to get through but let's let's start with it so well it took 10 years <laughs> <laughs> 10 years to come up to with figure this. it out so yeah wow yeah was there like a, a moment that you had where it was just like aha this is it like this is what's going on and uh, i finally figured out how everything works with erections and okay so here's the strange thing so these two things came together at the same time i'm super intuitive and what I did is I started working with men and I made a promise to them that I will stay with you on this for as long as it takes. And at the same time, I was intuiting what they needed to heal this. Hmm. And then I have a lot of doctors in my life and I'm like, uh, hey, I'm curing erectile dysfunction. And they're like, really? <laughs> and... and they said, you know, if, if you want to be taken seriously, you better add some sciences to this. And luckily, when I actually did the, I did it in reverse. I intuited it and then I made it experiential because how I learn is experiential. And then luckily, science just happened to apply <laughs> to what I was doing. So it, it's pretty cool. It's all, it all worked out. That's awesome to hear. <laughs> well, Let's start talking about the actual mechanics of, you know, resolving erectile dysfunction. And so for you, what is step one if a guy has erectile dysfunction? Like, let's go through all those, those fears, those branches of the sexual system and how everything works. Absolutely. So yeah, step one is you really want to release any heavy emotions 
I like to say that you have to release guilt, shame, and pain if you want to stay in the game. And it's very hard to stay up if you're feeling down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. That's so true. Right? I've actually, I've felt that kind of feeling too sometimes in some of my own sexual encounters. You know, if I feel guilty about something or if I feel like ashamed about my own sexuality, it's always been like this anxiety that kind of takes away from the experience of pleasure with the woman that I'm with. And yeah, like, how, why does this happen? Okay, before I go into why it happens, I'm going to say something here because I know you guys so well. What, ha what, <laughs> what, I, what I've noticed is that you experience deep emotions as a mental state more so than an emotional state. So how I've learned to clear men's mental states is to clear the underlying emotions and then the mental psychological states take thoughts take care of themselves. Oh, I think maybe a different way of wording this is like as men we feel a certain mood rather than just a feeling about something, right? Is that a good way of putting that? You'll have a thought. Right. It's like the emotion will manifest as a thought whereas a woman mm. our emotion will manifest as more of a body-centered feeling. Right, right. That's an amazing distinction. And I'm saying that because I think every consult I do, a guy tries to self-diagnose and says, well, I'm sure this is all mental. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say 100% no, it's not mental. What it's really coming from is a deeper emotional place. So actually, this is the first time I'm bringing out this new teaching is on your show. And here's what's going on. Okay. This is my teaching, and, it, and it's based on my understanding that guys have what I'm calling an inner hard-on. And the reason I'm saying that is because the way a guy moves, his electrical sexual energy circuitry moves, is it moves from the sexual center to the heart. So anytime you're protecting your heart, because there's any kind of emotional pain or maybe you just don't want to feel embarrassed or whatever the case may be, that will block your inner heart on and that affects your outer heart on interesting so would um i'm just curious would the inner heart on be related to how much you love yourself as a man or is that something completely different you know i'm finding self love is a more challenging word to use with men i'm finding that's an easier phrase with women and i think self worth Self-worth, that's a good way of putting it too. Is something that men resonate with more than the word self-love. I'm like, well, how do you love yourself? And it's someone, a guy has to be pretty involved to really articulate that. But if I ask someone, you know, like, hey, what's your self-worth? They have an easier time explaining that to me. Right, right. So for a man though, this will manifest as like negative thoughts, self-sabotage, and mental and psychological issues, I assume. Absolutely. But that's, you know, that's the manifestation of it. It's not the root of it. So basically, this heart situation, it blocks the heart on. And what that does is it's a manifestation of emotionally distancing yourself from that woman. And it's typically to protect yourself in some way. Or, you know, maybe you've even experienced this. You're, maybe you're thinking about ending the relationship a lot of times, a guys will stop having sex 
And that's a way of emotionally distancing himself from a woman. So do you see how this is tying together? Because this is a new teaching and I, I want to make sure I'm explaining it clearly because there's a complexity to it as well. What I'm understanding is that there's a an inner hard-on. So you have this turn-on that you will feel for a woman that if it's blocked, you cannot get that erection anymore. But more to your point about if a guy wants to break up with a woman and then he wants to emotionally distance himself from her, then he'll stop having sex. And it's kind of a connection that the body automatically does sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, okay. It's just it's just automatic. It just happens. And I actually have experienced that, to be honest, where you just don't feel the desire for a girl anymore. And you just kind of distance yourself because you're just not turned on. Right. You'll naturally sexually distance yourself. So that's another way of emotionally manifesting distance. What's interesting is that you may or may not, I'm guessing most guys aren't consciously aware of that's what's happening. It's feeling- I don't think so. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is, anyways, I'm excited because this is a new teaching that I'm bringing out. <laughs> so. Let's go back to, you know, ED and releasing mm -hmm. heavy emotions, right? So- the emotional suppression is one expression of this. Like if you don't feel that inner heart on, then you don't want to have sex with a woman and you just don't feel that turn on and naturally you won't have an erection. So what else can you tell us about that, that concept? Okay, so there's something that I discovered working with men for so long and it's what I call a reverse wire. And that's along the lines of this teaching. Okay, so typically men are wired and this is like really talking about electricity now, that men are the positive charge and the polarity runs from his sexual center to his heart. Now, what I'm finding is there's actually a lot of guys that are what I called reverse wired, meaning their charge runs similar to a woman where a woman's sexuality opens from her heart. So now I am seeing a lot of guys where they really have to have that emotional connection so they're more feminine wired in order to access their sexuality. And this is actually the first time I'm talking about this too because for me it's always about taking the suffering away from guys. And I think a lot of guys right, right. might, they don't understand this or they feel odd or bad because it's like, well... How come I'm not running around, you know, banging chicks? <laughs> How come I'm not running around to having one night stands? And these guys, the way they're wired is they actually need that emotional connection first for them to really access their sexuality. Oh, you make such a good point because I think in our media and in movies and, you know, just pop culture, it's uh, kind of the expected norm that a guy just gets hard from the physical appearance of a woman. Like you see a naked woman or you see porn and then you're just automatically getting hard. Whereas what you're describing, and I've heard this from several of my friends and I've also experienced this myself, is that you do need the emotional connection first to be able to have that experience of a hard-on because they're completely linked. They're, they're wired in the same circuit. Right. It's just reverse wired than you would typically see or that's typically out there. It's valid and it's your own wiring. And that's why, you know, to bottom line this teaching, very simply, I like to say that an open heart equals a hard penis. And that works with either wiring set. Right, right. Ultimately, then sex goes straight to your heart. And then if you're protecting your heart or consciously or unconsciously, then your heart on will be blocked in some form. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So then you would say that a soft or inconsistent erection is basically the physical manifestation of distancing yourself from a woman, which is basically what we talked about. Yeah. Wow. So what can, how do guys resolve this if they find out that there's one of these men and this is the issue? You mean one of these men that are reverse wired or one of these men that are having an emotional block? I think it would be good to discuss both. Yeah. Okay. First of all, if you're reverse wire, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you whatsoever. So there's, there's nothing to fix with that. I think it's really just understanding that this is normal and healthy for you and that it's okay if you're not the bang chick kind of guy. And, and that's wonderful if you're the bang chick kind of guy, <laughs> you know, it's just understanding that there's two different wiring systems for guys. Have you ever seen that guys can encompass both spheres? So we're talking about electricity, and electricity is science, and it's a positive or negative charge. Right. I think if you were both, you would be neutral, and you may be asexual, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How can a guy work on this? Well, it's feel it to heal it. (laughs) Basically, if, if you're having a painful emotion, being mindful to just go ahead and feel that and to not cover it up with an addiction of any kind, you know, whether that be porn or alcohol or weed or whatever your, I don't know, shopping. No, that's a, that's a woman's one. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, just to actually feel your emotions is the way to take care of this and it, to feel vulnerability. Vulnerability is, to me, it's such an amazing superpower, and it's okay to be vulnerable and it's it's okay to cry as a man it's in fact there's really an exquisite beauty i find when a man tears up a little bit and has an emotional release and i think my this is just me personally but my favorite thing about men is their ability to be like warriors you know whether it be in the boardroom or wherever it is and then be able to be so incredibly tender. Tender, soft, and loving, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, how do you do that? How do you, <laughs> yeah, the male tenderness is so beautiful. So, um, oh, it's such a good combination, too. I know a lot of women, like, you know, they love vulnerability. And again, it's, I think some guys are very fearful to be vulnerable, but it, it's, I wish more knew that it was actually a turn on for so many women when you are vulnerable at the right times. When you speak right from your heart, you're irresistible. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely irresistible. So yeah, so if, you know, feel it to heal it is what I would say. And it's okay. And it's, and we love that. Uh, so basically then an open heart equals a hard penis. Exactly. Okay. Have you ever had a case study where you helped a, a client that you noticed had this problem and, you know, how do they deal with it? Yeah. So unfortunately, working with men for so long, what I'm finding is that, you know, like men do fear is women can be extremely, you know, mentally, emotionally abusive to men. And I think that I don't think society is really talking about this as much as I see it. I don't think I'm hearing about it out in society. But this particular gentleman, he had tried, he had ED. He had diabetes, he had neuropathy, he tried Viagra, Cialis, and injections. He didn't know what the heck to do. His doctor sent him to me. And what I discovered is that, you know, he was really in an emotionally abusive marriage. And what happens over time is something that I call emotional castration. Mm -hmm. So for him, you know, we went in and we had to release these painful emotions 
And once that his heart opened up again, he started getting erect and that really gave him his balls back to have him deal with this marriage, you know, however he saw fit. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> right? And so that's why a lot of times, you know, with these pills, they don't work because they're not addressing the underlying problem. So that's so interesting, actually, because you're saying in this marriage, the, the wife was emotionally abusive to him. So he shut his heart down and his emotional response to her. And as a result, he could no longer get erections because there was that linkage was basically broken. There was, I mean, the linkage still exists. Blocked. But because the, yeah. Yeah, the, it was the inner blocked. heart on was blocked. Yeah. 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 Because there's no, there's no love. There's no emotion. There's no vulnerability. There's no free flow of like, you know, of passion that's flowing within his body. There's just, I guess, fear. And just feeling yeah. like unworthless in Fear a way. Fear blocks love. Sounds like you really helped him get over this. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so if there's any guys that are experiencing this in a relationship, unfortunately, it is more common than I think you, you would think. And so just know that, you know, you're not alone in this. Well, let's go to step two now for, you know, uh, resolving erectile dysfunction. And that would be to increase circulation. Yes. Blood flow will help him grow. <laughs> if you don't get your heart pumping, your headboard will not be thumping. Oh, you're going to kill me with all these puns. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> My work is so punny, I can't resist doing this. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how many times you say penis, you know, and it's, it must bring you a lot of pleasure, too, to just say that so freely. <laughs> It's a beautiful organ, it right? It does. I, I'm, if, there's, if there's any companies out there listening, I was thinking about doing a con uh, some kind of I don't know I just think of these crazy things but I was thinking about doing contests like every time I say like I have to say the word penis so much that if someone counts how many times I say the word penis then they should actually get like a prize <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that'll inspire some college kids on this podcast to like you know listen in with some shots or something like that <laughs> I remember we used to do that when we watched movies it was funny <laughs> right anyway back on track yeah. though so the penis is a vascular organ, obviously. And so how does circulation affect an erection? Well, it's all about the release of nitric oxide. And that's basically what, you know, pills like Viagra Cialis do is they enhance your nitric oxide pathways. And the thing is, is you can be doing this on your own and that's with exercise. But the one thing I want to say about that is with my clients, I'm finding two different things. I'm finding that they're over-exercising, so over-training, or they're under-exercising. What is the happy medium? The happy medium is paying attention to your heart and your breath. Mm -hmm. If you're at the point to where you have to start breathing out of your mouth, just slow that down. Mm. Slow that down. You want your heart to be a reactive organ, but to not be in a consistent state of like hyperactivity, if that makes sense. Which would likely be caused by stress or I guess extended exercise or not enough exercise for what it's worth. Yeah. If you're not getting to the point where you're having to breathe out of your mouth and you're not challenging yourself enough. And if you're constantly breathing through your mouth and you're challenging yourself too much. So being very mindful and really tuning into your heart and your breath. Mm, right, right. To my understanding, you know, this is completely different from the emotional sphere that we just talked about, but Viagra and other drugs like it work on the circulatory system and, and nitric oxide, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're talking about the heart as an organ. Right, right. So nitric oxide is made by blood vessels lining 
Or is there a different term for that? Yeah, endothelium. Gotcha. And what does that do? That senses the heart healthy conditions. And so like physical activity, having low cholesterol, that all releases more nitric oxide. Mm, Interesting. And then I guess when nitric oxide is released, what happens then? That expands the blood vessels, increasing the blood flow and decreasing plaque growth too, and also blood clotting. Interesting. So obviously the, you know, a penis, it gets erect through blood. So if the nitric oxide is blocked in some form or it's reduced, then you're not going to have an erection. Yeah, it's going to impact the erection. So one thing I do want to say is with me, you're never going to hear me say that there's one way to get an erection because what I've done is created a template to where everyone needs to be upgraded in all these aspects. <laughs> so so I just want to qualify that. But um, this is one important aspect of getting an erection. Right, right. And let me ask you this, though. What are things that cause nitric oxide to be reduced or blocked or not produced? Like typical habits guys do that prevent them. I, I know you mentioned one thing is overexercising. Another thing is underexercising. What are some other things that happen? Well, if you have any medical issues like high blood pressure or high cholesterol, those things decrease nitric oxide. And so, you know, being mindful of your diet and stress levels, which we'll get to. Right, right. What about things like drinking or smoking, doing drugs? Do those affect those also? Yeah, it does. (laughs) I mean, for this particular talk, I'm going to say, I'm going to say smoking would be or like smoking a lot of weed or cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is one thing I read online once that there's definitely a correlation between people who smoke and people who experience erectile dysfunction. So good thing to keep in mind, I think, for listeners that if you are experiencing ED, and it might not be the emotional or stress components of it, it might just be health habits and and fixing those. Yeah, you want to turn your heart on to get a heart on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Was there a, have you have a case study with the guy who, you know, you helped experience with this particular issue of blood flow? Yeah, I do. This was a special case because this man had Parkinson's, diabetes, and a pacemaker. He was in his 60s. And because of, you know, obviously his blood flow compromised. If you have diabetes and you're on a pacemaker, never mind the, the Parkinson's because that's the nervous system piece, but he was, you know, compromised. So I really had to get creative and how to increase his circulation. And I discovered that he loved drumming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he had limited mobility, like walking wise, because, you know, you can like fall over when you have Parkinson's, but drumming, no problem. He could sit there and (laughs) drum. So we got his drumming and we got him, you know, a lot. And with drumming, it's like, you want to be basically raising your hands above your heart. That increases circulation. So we got him drumming. And then also I taught him my heart to penis resuscitation technique. And that's something that I created. It's proprietary. And that gets more blood flow from the heart to the penis. And then also we got him belly breathing consciously. And that brings more blood flow into the heart. So we really had to tackle this, like, how are we going to get more blood flow into your heart? And this was a really unique case because he got results in as little as 10 days and wow. <laughs> yeah, incredible. like, yeah, I wouldn't promise that to anybody. That was quite, it was quite, <laughs> it was quite shocking for me too. And, uh, yeah. And so even on his six month follow-up, everything was like functioning perfectly. So sometimes, you know, you have to get creative with how you get your circulatory benefits. 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's such a cool story. And the little as 10 days. <laughs> that's fairly impressive. Yeah. Not, can't promise that. I bet he was shocked as well just to see that. <laughs> he was happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Very, as we should be. Very happy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's move to step three okay. for addressing erectile dysfunction. And that is probably the most important one, right? Because it's one of the most common causes of ED, and that is to decrease stress and to retrain your nervous system. Yeah, you want to control how you respond to stress because that's the number one cause of ED. And mm-hmm. you want to really optimize your nervous system for the ability to get hard. And then. You know, let's look at two, excite, arouse, relax versus relax, arouse, relax. And I like to say that with fight or flight as your fuel, you can't control your tool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Back with the puns. (laughs) You you know I'm just sitting home coming up with these, right? Like, it's... (laughs) It's like a mad scientist almost. (laughs) Uh, Pretty much, Yeah. Except we're talking about penises, so I mean that makes it just a little bit cooler than any ordinary mad scientist. I'm the mad science, the mad penis scientist. Um, okay. <laughs> and so, MPS. <laughs> the reason that I say can't control your tool, and I know you guys listening, and, and who, maybe even you, I know that you've had experience where sometimes you have no problem getting interaction, and other times you don't, and also. Sometimes during sex, you'll lose an erection. So what that's pointing to is the nervous system piece of this because the nervous system is actually where the hard-on cascade begins. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So basically, if a guy is having sex, for example, and he's hard, and then all of a sudden he loses the erection somewhere midway in that, then that's actually an indication it's a nervous system issue. It points to that. I mean, obviously, I can't specifically say, but that's the inconsistency typically will point to your nervous system because your nervous system is what's controlling this whole cascade. Wow. So what that probably means is that if you have a very stressful life, then your sex life basically turns into a mess. If you have some anxiety or worry or insecurity that you're dealing with outside of the sexual encounter, it's still going to impact how you feel sexually in the moment of, in the heat of things. Well, yeah, what I'm finding with guys nowadays is they're pretty much full-time operating in a sympathetic nervous system mode. Now, just keep in mind that the sympathetic nervous system is what actually inhibits erections. So going back to excite, arouse, relax versus relax, arouse, relax, guys are approaching sexuality from a jacked up nervous system place. And that's what's causing this to like, what would you say, like short wire or there's miswire, right? Like the whole cascade. The parasympathetic is the relaxed mode, and that's what optimizes your body to get an erection. Interesting. So is the goal for a guy to have the relaxed, aroused, relaxed kind of nervous response, or the other way around, excite, arouse, relax? Relax, arouse, relax. Can you tell us a little bit more about what each of those are, like what it looks like for a guy to go from excite, arouse, relax? versus relax, arouse, relax? Well, excite, arouse, relax is the negative. It's what I've just been talking about. It's going to cause you to have inconsistent hard-ons. Okay. You're not going to have a lot of control. Basically, because you're so stressed out before you get aroused, you just don't have the response. Okay, let me create a distinction. So I've noticed that 
as a man, like your brain works like compartments. And what I want to propose here is that your body doesn't work that way. So I'm not talking about just before the sexual act. I'm actually talking about your entire life, your entire day, how much stimulation you're having, how much stress you're having, the pace of your day. So all of that shows up in your sexual performance. So I'm not going to isolate the two. If you do, so do you follow me? Of course. So what that means is that your fight or flight response happens in your whole life rather than just in the sexual act, but it shows up most in the act of of sex. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And tell me more about what the parasympathetic nervous system, you know, operation is versus the sympathetic nervous system operation. Well, the sympathetic is the fight or flight and the parasympathetic is the relaxed. And so what I'm seeing is that guys are in a constant state of the sympathetic and Mm -hmm. their default should be the parasympathetic. It should be a relaxed state and you should only be using fight or flight to like react to something, but you shouldn't be living in that place where your body thinks the tiger is always chasing it. Oh, I see. Because your nervousness and anxiety undermine the erection by pulling blood away from your penis and into your muscles instead, basically. Yeah. And it's what begins the whole entire cascade. It's what's controlling the blood flow. It's what's controlling everything. So yeah, this is a really huge piece. The nervous system response creates the circulatory system response. (laughs) So it's kind of like one leads to the other and then you just don't have an erection whatsoever. Yeah. But if you're in a relaxed state, and by default, that's just how you are, you're just calm, like, let's say guys who meditate daily, who exercise, who have, you know, security in their life, then by default, your body is already in an optimized state to get an erection. Okay, well, I want to say something about that. Because yeah, I would say I'm at a place where most of the clients that are coming to me are already working on self mastery, personal growth, they already have some kind of meditation practice. But what I'm finding is they're only being present and connected to their breath during their meditation practice. And they're not carrying that throughout every moment of their day. And that's something I work on them with. So it's like, Everything you do, every moment, that's going to end up showing up in your sexuality. So it's more than just having a meditation practice. It's really being mindful in every moment and connected to your breath. That's a great distinction to make because, yeah, I think that because this is such a ubiquitous issue, then if you have the practice of being calm day in and day out, like 24-7, then obviously you'll optimize your body to have the sexual response that you deserve and that you need, as opposed to just focusing on it like for 10 minutes a day in the morning, for instance. Yeah, again, it's that compartmentalization, you know, which men's brain are wired to compartmentalize. It's it's part of evolution. So there's certainly nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm just letting you know that the compartment has to open and just to be aware of just because you did 10 minutes of meditation a day doesn't mean that you're done and you really want to carry that into your life. Mm, that's a great distinction. Thank you. So how did you help a client going from excite, arouse, relax to this other state, which is relax, arouse, relax? Yeah, I had this one gentleman. He was in his 60s, very accomplished business owner. And I noticed that, how can I say that? Like he had nervous energy, like something on his body was would always be shaking. And what we came to realize is that he's never sat still in his life. He has been go, 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 go. And what we had to do with him is, first of all, got him to sit still. 
and then get him to sit still so long that the nervous system would actually begin to unwind and also teach him a breathing practice, breathing mindfulness. Oh yeah, the nervous system unwinding. It's a huge, huge piece. And then because of his age, like he was running his life like he was in his 20s and that's absolutely not sustainable when you're at the age of 60. So also, you know, he was in a great position financially. So we got him to hire an assistant. Like we already had a couple assistants, but we got him to get another assistant and really start delegating and letting go of things that he didn't need to do. So he became more relaxed and he called me and he said, my wife thinks I'm on Viagra. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like, so say like for whatever reason, like this, what happens when you're working with me is this will all just click. And right. it's like, boom, there's the result. It'll show up and, and then we'll keep increasing the result. But yeah, so he was so happy because he didn't want to take any kind of pills. He was a doctor referral as wow, well, but yeah. yeah. I think it's way better to address these issues than natural means than to even rely on some other like pill or anything like that. So here's my take on that is erectile dysfunction, what the medical system has done is they've made it its own diagnosis. And I'm sure that they did that because so that insurance could cover it. And the way I view erectile dysfunction, it's not isolated. It's not about the penis. It's about all these other systems that I'm talking about that manifest in the penis. Oh, yeah. You talked about nervous systems. You talked about the heart, about circulation, about your emotions and your brain state. I mean, it's all connected, obviously, and it all goes into this one organ. That's where it shows up, but it doesn't mean the, it doesn't mean the organ is broken. It just happens to be where it shows up. And in my view, those pills are great as an absolute last resort, but I don't see why they should be a first choice. Because they're covering up the underlying issues. Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of deeper things to address that'll actually, if you if done correctly, I think that guys won't have to rely on on the pill at all because they fix the underlying issue instead instead of covering up with the pill. Yeah. Very, very cool. All right, so let's go to step four, which is uh, harnessing your sexual energy. Yeah, you have to manage your force, or you will be forced to. <laughs> <laughs> So he wanted to decrease ejaculation, meditate versus masturbate. And if you're not waking up with a good morning wood, that is your alarm cock. So that is something. <laughs> alarm cock like uh, that there's something wrong with your system. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, something that guys do experience, I think. And um, we have a couple of web, uh, articles on Girls Chase, actually, about, you know, how to harness your sexual energy. And one of the tips recommended very, very strongly is also to limit masturbation and decrease ejaculation, because both of those things are things that, you know, help you have that sexual drive as a man. And I think that this probably comes to, I'm not sure if this is related to testosterone or not. I mean, maybe you would probably know this better than I would. No. Okay, cool. Well, tell me more about how to harness sexual energy. Well, you have to get really good sleep. 100% of my clients, when they come to me, they're getting consistent, very little sleep. And we have to really increase their sleeping because that's when you recharge your battery. And, you know, what, however much you're ejaculating now, just cut it in half because I can guarantee you're doing way too much. Because think about it, when you ejaculate, 
I think there's what, two and a half million sperm and those sperm are infused with life force. Well, where do you think that life force comes from? <laughs> like, right? It, it comes from you. It comes from your body. And so that's why when you ejaculate, you lose life force. And that's why you get tired afterwards. Some people could argue that and they could say that you get tired because you release melatonin. And I'm going to have to just, before anybody tries to argue, you can tell like I've already had these arguments with people. Women get more energy when they have an orgasm. So it's just not, yeah, it's not true because we don't get tired afterwards. We get more energy. So oh, I've noticed that in my own life and the women that I've been with and as well as when I ejaculate, like for a woman to have an orgasm, it's like replenishing life force. It feel full. It's like giving energy. But for me, when I ejaculate, actually, <laughs> I just feel tired. I just want to go to sleep. And it doesn't feel the same as before the ejaculation. I actually want to make a distinction here too because I've a lot of guys think that orgasm and ejaculation are the same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are not the same thing. There's, it is actually possible for a guy to have orgasms without ejaculation. Oh yeah, absolutely. But one of the most common things that, you know, maybe actually women complain about this a lot too is like he had sex with me and he came and then he went to sleep. Well, that's basically <laughs> depleting your life force in a nutshell because you just feel so tired afterwards. Well, it's just to have, because I'm always about having more compassion for the opposite sex. And yeah. so I think in this case, both sexes could have more compassion or empathy because this is the equivalent of a woman losing life force through her blood when she has her menses. And mm. you'll notice that women get really tired when they yes. have their menses. And so this is the equivalent. It's like whenever you're losing body fluid, you're losing the life force or the chi that moves that body fluid. Right, like the creative energy in a way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated. You can kind of break that down into different aspects of energy. But so let's just say that you're losing the life force energy and the energy that moves the life force energy. It's like a, <laughs> it's a tricky thing. Right. So basically, we were talking about morning wood before. And if you're not waking up with morning wood, then it really points to a depletion of this life force and sexual energy. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. And that includes stress, stimulants, lack of sleep, and ejaculation, which also are responsible for taking that. Yeah. Once, so a big piece is me getting the guys that I work with to the position to where they're able to wake up, you know, with morning wood, because once that happens, it, everything just fixes itself. Because you, you have to have energy to work with, right? And Yeah, yeah. You know, when you lose your inward energy, of course, you're going to lose your outward energy. So, uh, yeah, guys are just too hectic of a, you know, again, so I put the nervous system piece ahead of this piece because if you don't heed the lessons of the nervous system piece, this is like where you end up. So, yeah, I ordered it that way. Mm. Do you have an example of a client who had this issue of life force? Yeah, this was really interesting because this was a couple and the man in a super loving marriage, really attracted to his wife, married for over 20 years. He was in his 40s and he wasn't getting aroused with his wife. And so he was kind of like turning to porn and he's like, well, geez, everything's working here, you know, and like there must be something wrong with our marriage. And then the wife was getting very insecure and their, their marriage was really in jeopardy for the first time ever because it's been a fantastic relationship. And after, you know, reviewing his initial intake and looking at, you know, how many times he was ejaculating, how much sleep he was getting, 
what the pace and stress level of his lifestyle was, I really realized that he was exhausted. And I said, you know, I don't think anything is wrong with your attraction to your wife or anything. I think that you're turning to porn because it's quick and easy. And because, you know, you are pretty stressed, you need a release. You're choosing to release in that way. And so what we did is just, you know, built all his energy stores back up. And then sure enough, he was able to get hard with his wife. It's just that he was just so exhausted and just kind of on this hamster wheel that he didn't know that's what it was. And to actually have to perform sexually would have taken more energy that he he just didn't have it. Wow. <laughs> that is wild. So it was such a simple fix, just fixing your lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's really amazing because uh, I'm sure like you've had so many clients now and you've seen so many issues that it must be like, like, I really admire how you can like pinpoint all the little aspects of how people can improve different sides of themselves. Like we've talked about exercise, we've talked about like not masturbating so much, getting enough sleep. I mean, these all point to creating the erectile dysfunction issues. And it's a lot of the solutions seem very simple, but people just don't understand what's actually going on. Yeah, exactly. It's simple, but not easy, you know, and <laughs> that's why that's why I do the work I do. It's like, you know, having coaching, it organizes everything and like, okay, we're going to work on this because for some people, they're going to have a little bit in each category, but there's always going to be a predominance. Like the Parkinson's guy, for example, like the predominance is I really needed to just hit him on the circulatory level from every place. Not to say we didn't work in all the other categories because we did, but that's where we had to really focus for him because he had everything working against him in the circulatory way. Wow, that's that's incredible. So Shari and I did have another topic we want to discuss, which is completely related and actually a growing problem everywhere, I guess, right now with the growth of internet porn and things like that. Porn-related ED is another factor that causes extreme erectile dysfunction. But because that is such a big topic, we're going to save that for the next show where I feature Shari once again. In the meantime, I'd like to ask you about what you see like a 2.0 version of a man, uh, you know, post erectile dysfunction. Like, what does he look like and what does he feel like? He has a very strong sexual presence. He is in tune with his circulatory system and his circulatory system is enhanced. He understands how to harness and manage his sexual energy. He has access to his heart-based emotions and he's mentally present so there's nothing weighing on him or pulling on him as he approaches sexuality and he's able to wake up with and get a nice erection and have command over that that is so cool and this <laughs> is your experience discovered after 26 years, basically, yeah. of working with men. And that's so remarkable. I've got to say, Shari, I think it's really cool that you've pursued a, a coaching job, not just helping men have sex and have better sex, but that you can also just talk about penises all, all day. <laughs> I think that's something that not many people can say in the world. So that's just really, really, really cool. It never gets old. <laughs> I cannot, I can't imagine. <laughs> and, and there's so many puns. I just can't, you know, I just, it, this can be, yeah, I have to make it fun too. Yeah, that's so cool. It's got to make it fun because it's one of the most stressful things that I think men experience in their life. So your website is again, www.architectureofpleasure.com. 
Yes. And uh, I believe you also have an Instagram, right? Yeah. That is uh, Shari James Coaching. And that's S-H-A-R-I-J-A-M-E-S Coaching. Um, what is the best way for potential clients? I mean, since you help guys with ED and you do, I believe you're releasing a package soon for guys under 30 as well, who are a lower rate than your normal fees. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's in the works. That's a goal that I have that will absolutely be accomplished this year for sure, because that's something that I'm really passionate about is helping guys under 30 with something that's more affordable than my one-on-one coaching. Cause I really want to tackle this issue. I don't see anybody else really doing this. So how someone can get a hold of me is if you go to my website, I mean, if you just have like kind of a general thing, you could just go ahead and email me. All the information is there. If you actually want to schedule a free 30-minute consultation, there's a, a pretty obvious, what do they call them, like hyperlinks? <laughs> I'm so bad at technology, but there's an obvious way to schedule a consultation. It's purple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's on my website. And, uh, you know, you'll be asked some questions too, just to make sure that, you know, it makes sense for us to have a consult. So, yeah, it's pretty easy. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that nothing bad, only good can come out of this journey. So, yeah. I want to have better sex. And so, if you guys, if your listeners are having, having uh, issues with your, with your turn on with your tool <laughs> definitely check out shari's website architectureofpleasure.com is there anything you'd like to say to close out our interview shari you know i just started being public about this i was really living off doctor referrals all these years and you know i'm just getting into things like youtube and instagram and i'm going to be putting out a lot of free content so if you guys, you know, liked what you heard and got something out of this, I just, I want to keep doing this. And it's so much more fun when you have like followers. I think I have 11 people <laughs> following me on YouTube. So there's a link, you know, on my, my website to like YouTube and Instagram. So I'd love it if you'd follow along with this. And that just motivates me to put out more content and just to help me out because I'm just starting out here publicly. Of course, and then we can talk about more penises, of course. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be all penised up for a long time, yeah. Well, Shari, it was such a pleasure to host you on Dating Mechanics, and I think that our listeners are going to get a tremendous value out of this podcast. Everything listed, everything we talked about, you know, our, the whole goal of Girls Chase is for to help guys find women and, you know, have sex and have a healthy sex life, and that benefits men, and it also benefits women. So I really, really am glad and grateful that I was able to host you on this podcast today. Yeah, we brought new teachings forward. So thank you, too. Awesome. I look forward to interviewing you again on uh, our next podcast for porn-related ED, which will also be a really big topic. Yes. One I'm really excited to hear about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Until then, take care. Bye. Thank you, Shari. That was a great podcast, and I've learned so much about erectile dysfunction that I never would have thought about it, even talk about publicly, but very, very cool. It was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and guys, take care. I'll see you next time on Dating Mechanics. This is Varun Raja signing out.